Black Mould by Stuart Hardy. There was a leaking pipe outside of Miss Jameson's classroom. There was an alcove in the wall containing a section of pipe with a valve on top of it that was slowly dripping onto the shelf. The leak was small, and the drips were relatively infrequent, but it had been dripping for some time now. She told the head teacher that something needed to be done, and he promised that he'd look into it, but nothing ever got done in this place unless you threatened to hand in your notice. It already smelled rancid, and she told him that if it was left any longer, then black mould would start to grow. He'd responded with, yeah, yeah, I understand, but he didn't understand really, did he? She was furious when she came in that morning and saw the discoloured paintwork on the wall at the end of the corridor. A very thin veil of mould was now beginning to spread across the wall beneath the alcove, just as she said it would. She shook her head, grumbled to herself and went inside, swearing that today was the day she'd finally threaten to walk if nothing got done. It was just a small maintenance issue, what the hell was taking so long? She sat in her classroom going over paperwork as she waited for the kids to arrive. She could still hear the rhythmic dripping of the pipe outside. The sound was muted by the closed door, but it was still audible. She could feel another headache coming on. She'd been getting headaches more often in recent weeks. She couldn't tell if it was the result of a burgeoning health problem or from the stress of having to deal with everyone around her. She never got the support she needed from the head teacher, and her class really weren't helping. Final exams were coming up, and none of the kids were doing particularly well, and they were giving her a really hard time. Teaching a class of preteens really was like pulling teeth sometimes. Especially with Bobby Thompson, the class clown. She'd just about given up on Bobby. She didn't think she could possibly feel any more stressed about the situation until the class had arrived, she'd managed to quiet them down, and she was about to start the lesson when her eyes began to wander over to the wall by the door. She faltered and tried to push through the distraction, but she found it almost impossible to focus. Okay, if you'd all please turn to page 12 of your textbooks, today we're going to be looking at... We're, we're going to be looking at... She squinted at the patch of wall in the corner. Alkaline metals... It was very faint, but the wallpaper in the corner of the room was starting to look faintly discoloured. And that was when it hit her. The mould was growing inside of the classroom. She could barely contain her fury as she gritted her teeth and pushed on with the lesson. Something had to be done now. Miss Jameson called the head teacher over lunchtime break. She knew she was only supposed to call his mobile in emergencies, but this was an emergency as far as she was concerned. Look, Greg, either you get maintenance to come down here and deal with that pipe first thing tomorrow morning, or I'm handing in my notice. No, I don't care that you're on holiday. And really, another holiday. How many holidays have you had this year? Look, it's toxic. It's bad for me. It's bad for the kids. And what happens if the school board finds out about this? Or the kids' parents? How is this going to look? 
The useless headteacher blustered and offered his usual excuses about the tight budget, but she responded by asking what would happen if a kid got sick and the parents decided to sue. He eventually conceded and said that he'd make sure the maintenance guy was there and had dealt with the problem by the start of the first lesson tomorrow morning. Thank you, she snapped, and she put the phone down. <sighs> she breathed a heavy sigh of relief. For a moment, she believed that she'd finally done it. Something was going to get done. Miss Jameson came in the next morning about 7am. She was incensed to see the mould was still there, and it had gotten worse overnight. The shade was thicker and darker, and maintenance weren't even here yet. There was no way they'd be able to get this dealt with by the start of the first lesson. Greg was such a liar. Hello, Miss Jameson. Jesus Christ! Miss Jameson gasped and jumped, holding her hands up in fright as she turned around. There was a tall, thin man standing directly behind her. He was wearing black overalls and a gas mask, and was carrying a toolbox and a small yellow barrel with a hazard symbol printed on the front. Don't sneak up on people like that! My apologies, madam. He spoke in a slow and sinister drawl. His voice was made all the more unsettling by the fact it was being filtered through the gas mask. The lenses were mirrored so she couldn't even see his face. What's the mask for? Safety. I work with extremely dangerous chemicals. I, um, alright. Okay, could you fix the pipe, please? The pipe has already been taken care of. I, uh, oh. She turned back around and saw that he was right. The pipe was no longer dripping. But, but you haven't gotten rid of the mould. Oh. So you wish for me to banish the mould from the wall? He was apparently surprised. She frowned. Um, well, yes, of course. It's bad for the kids, isn't it? She was shocked that she had to explain this to him. That his choice of words seemed incredibly strange to her. Banish the mould? Very well. I will do as you wish, but so long as you remember that all actions have consequences. What's that supposed to mean? Every action has a consequence. Are you prepared for what might happen if the mole is removed? She frowned. Look, I don't have time for whatever game you think you're playing. I have a class to prepare for. Just get it done. <laughs> as you wish. She gave him a curt nod and went inside the classroom, shutting the door behind her. She was surprised to find the man had done exactly as requested and finished cleaning the mould by the start of the first class. Miss Jameson briefly smiled when she saw that both the mould and the man had vanished when her pupils started arriving but she hadn't felt nearly as satisfied as she'd hoped. She was grateful that the mole was gone, but something about the man's tone and his way with words had bothered her. All actions have consequences? 
The first lesson went by fairly quickly, and she started handing around practice test papers after the kids got back from their morning break. Just answer as many questions as you can in 30 minutes. Your scores will be used to predict your final grades and... Is something the matter, Christian? She sighed and stopped by Christian's desk. <coughs> Sorry, Miss Jameson. <coughs> I feel like I've got something stuck in my throat. Christian coughed. Hmm, how long has this been going on for? She had her suspicions that Christian had started smoking behind the bins during break. That was probably what was causing this. Do you need to see a nurse? Um, yeah, I think so. It's getting worse. <coughs> if smoking was the cause of this, then she didn't want to indulge him, as it was something stupid that he'd done to himself. But she didn't know what else to do. She gave in and let him trudge out of the classroom and off to the nurse's office. She was about to move on and continue handing out papers when she noticed something on Christian's desk. She stopped for a moment. She peered closer at the small clump of black sticky stuff that appeared to have come out of Christian's mouth. She'd never seen phlegm that looked like that before. It almost looked like a little squashed dead insect. Miss Jameson shook herself and continued to hand out the test papers and tried to put it out of her mind. Kimberly was the one having a coughing fit the next day. Christian hadn't shown up for school the next day. Miss Jameson had been meaning to go to the nurse's office to see if he was lying or if the nurse had figured out if it was related to cigarettes, but she hadn't had time in the end. She didn't have much cause for suspicion when it came to Kimberly. Kimberly was a good girl. Kimberly would never take up smoking. Kimberly then interrupted Miss Jameson's train of thought with another fit of coughing. Miss, I think Christian's given me whatever virus he had. <coughs> I'm fine. You can go to the nurse's office as well, I guess. <coughs> Thanks, miss. Kimberly got up and staggered to the door. Right, today we're going to be... Miss Jameson was then cut off as Bobby Thompson started having his own coughing fit. Oh, honestly, Bobby... No, miss, I'm not faking it, honest. Can I go to the nurse? No, I know what you're like. You're just doing this to try and get out of class. <coughs> but, miss... <coughs> Bobby then coughed louder, and he made a strange wheezing sound. He started shaking and beating his chest as he tried to force something up from deep inside his throat. Miss Jameson marched over to him. Stop this right now. <coughs> She then stopped and did a double take. Bobby's face had gone completely white. He continued his hacking cough, and then out of his mouth came a huge clump of coal black sludge. What on earth? Miss Jameson recoiled as the disgusting slop hit the desk with a squelch. This was much bigger than the strange lump of matter that Christian had coughed up the day before. 
This lump was about the size of an apple. Uh, I, um... Uh, Alright, go to the nurse. Bobby got to his feet and stumbled off towards the door. Miss Jameson stepped closer to the vacated desk and peered closer at the bizarre lump that had come out of the child's mouth. This definitely wasn't phlegm. This wasn't like anything she'd seen before. She got a pen out of her pocket and prodded the congealed lump of wet, sticky matter. It trembled at the touch of her pen. It was almost like it was... alive. Ew, miss! Emily, who was sat behind Bobby, winced in disgust, but Miss Jameson ignored her. Be. The lump of matter was still shivering. And then, another child at the back of the room started coughing. Greg, please, you've got to help me. Miss Jameson spluttered into the phone. She was pacing back and forth outside the classroom as the kids did another mock exam. The kids were supposed to be working quietly, but the occasional coughing fit from another infected pupil punctuated every few seconds of silence. They all seem to have contracted this weird illness, and I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Oh, they're probably just faking it. Exams are coming up. You know what kids are like, Louise. No, this is real, and all of them have it. They're coughing up this weird black stuff. It'll just be cigarettes doing it. I bet you they're smoking something weird from overseas. You know what kids are like. But it's not normal, Greg. When you look at them, they look sick. She stopped pacing, and she looked through the little window in the door to the classroom. The rows of pale, discoloured children were all sat at their desks scribbling away, much slower than usual. Just writing alone appeared to be phenomenal effort for them. Miss Jameson turned away and started pacing again. Their skin, it's turning grey. It's not normal. I swear they all need to be sent home. Jesus Christ, the wall, the kids. It's always something with you, isn't it, Louise? But, but I... They're probably smoking something weird that makes them turn a funny colour. Probably doing it on purpose to get sympathy. I told you, it's because exams are coming up. They'll do anything to avoid work. That's what children are like, Louise. You should know that by now. I'm telling you, Greg, you need to come and see this. I will do no such thing. I'm on holiday. I'm entitled to holiday, and I intend to enjoy it. I don't want to be interrupted again, Louise. But, but I... Miss Jameson looked back to the classroom. The children almost seemed to have gotten worse in the time she'd been looking away. The shades of grey appeared to have gotten darker. Was it just the light in there? It could have just been the light in there. Miss Jameson opened the door and marched inside. She went over to open the blinds, and upon doing so, she found that the swirling grey clouds had totally swallowed the sun. The amount of light in the room didn't even increase. She turned back to face the class. Their skins were still turning darker shades of grey as they coughed and spluttered as they worked. They were getting worse right before her eyes. 
Miss. Miss. Sophie whimpered pathetically from the front row. <coughs> Miss, there's something wrong with my arm. She mumbled and she held up her right arm. Miss Jameson's mouth dropped open as she saw a large growth of black fungus on the sleeve of Sophie's fluffy pink jumper. The black lump was pulsating and spreading across her arm. The black growth then started trembling. There was a horrible squelching sound as the trembling became more and more violent. Then there was the sound of ripping fabric just prior to the sound of tearing flesh. The child screamed as her entire arm fell right off and hit the floor with a splatter. The child then passed out and slumped to the floor beneath her desk. None of the other kids reacted at all. They were all too busy crying out in horror as their own growths of black mould suddenly began to break out all over their bodies. The black growths pulsated violently as they grew and grew and swallowed the children's limbs. Miss Jameson bolted to the door and screamed out into the corridor. Somebody, please, help! She tried all the classrooms in the corridor, but everyone had mysteriously vanished. Miss Camel, Mr Simmons, all of their classes were gone. This didn't make sense. Where was everyone? Nobody responded to her cries for help. She couldn't leave the children. Her hands were trembling as she held up her phone. She dialed 999. Hello, um, I'm in classroom 3C at Westerbrook Elementary. I need the police and the ambulance, I don't know, I I immediately. What's your emergency? It's the kids, there's this, there's this weird black stuff growing all over them. A, a, a little girl's flesh just started falling off. Okay, I'll send someone over to deal with it immediately. The lady on the other end of the line sounded strangely calm. Emergency service operators are supposed to react calmly to all calls, but she was talking as if what Miss Jameson had just told her wasn't completely and totally insane. Um, just one question, madam. This black stuff growing on the children, it's not mould, is it? What? Is it a mould problem? Did you have mould growing in your classroom? What the hell does that have to do with anything? If it's a mould problem, then I need to send in a specialist. I... what? Miss Jameson sat at her desk and waited. She'd been waiting for so long that the grey day had vanished and been replaced by pitch black night. The children weren't moving anymore. Well, they weren't moving themselves. Any signs of movement were the trembling black masses of matter covering their bodies. The webs of mould had grown all over them, covering their faces and clothes in lumpy black fungus. They didn't even look like children anymore. The mould was devouring them. The door slammed open. Miss Jameson bolted to her feet and staggered over to see the shadow of the maintenance man standing in the corridor. You! Hello, Miss Jameson, he said in that sinister drawl of his. I hear you're having some regrets. 
What is this? Why have you done this? <laughs> I didn't do anything, Miss Jameson. You did. I warned you. All actions have consequences. You wanted the mold to leave the wall. The mold had to go somewhere. Now the children pay the price. Why, Jesus? She fell to her knees and stared at her hands, trembling. What? What do I do now? You wish to banish the mold from the children? Put it back. Take it back, please. I'll do anything. That's not so easy, Miss Jameson. You can't go back to how things were. Things will be different. P please, please, just, just make it right. All right. He leaned down and picked up the yellow barrel of toxic liquid. He unscrewed the lid and walked forward to the nearest mold-encrusted child who sat at the end of the row. He raised the barrel over the child's head. She could see the fumes rising out of the opening. And before I do this, remember, Miss Jameson, you asked for it. All actions have consequences. She clutched her mouth in horror. She tried to scream, but she couldn't. Her eyes fixed on the pulsating child-shaped mass beneath the barrel. He emptied it over the child's head. The chemicals began eating away at the trembling black fungus in an instant. The black growth dissolved and melted away until the pale white skin underneath was revealed, but he didn't stop. He kept pouring. The pale white skin was only visible for a second before the chemicals ate right through it and revealed the crimson flesh underneath. The flesh bubbled and melted away as the chemicals devoured the child inside the mold-encrusted shell. Miss Jameson's body finally allowed the scream that had been caught inside her throat to erupt out of her mouth. The scream echoed all throughout the school. The authorities found Miss Jameson in the morning. Her face was a milky white, and she was rocking back and forth in her chair. She was gibbering to herself under her breath. There was... there was a man in a gas mask. He had chemicals. He came to clean the mould on the wall outside. They, they said they had to send in a specialist. The specialist would make the mould go away. He would make it all go away. She jabbered her story for hours and hours, but none of it helped her case. There was no record of Miss Jameson's 999 call. There was no evidence of any mould outside the classroom. The head teacher's mobile had received no calls from Miss Jameson since July. He couldn't recall being notified of any maintenance issue. All the authorities found were frantic class notes that Miss Jameson had written on her ledger, 
She'd been writing the same thing for months. She'd been scrawling the formula for hydrofluoric acid. She'd planned all of this. The conclusion the police drew was that she'd used hydrofluoric acid to melt the skins off the children, who were all found sitting at their desks in the classroom as nothing more than charred skeletal remains. Their fleshless faces with empty eye sockets were all facing towards the front of the room. Everyone was doing what she wanted. They were all model pupils at last. This podcast was funded by supporters at my Patreon project at patreon.com slash stewbagfull. I'd like to thank the following people. A. Maxwell, Aniron Hunt, Chris Lim, Connor Pape, Dave Sanders, Denep, Gordon Williams, Jennifer Milligan, Joel, Joanna Kirkpatrick, Louise Wade, Matthew Brench, Max Kennedy, Michael Graham, Nesta Middleton, Oxbow is Amsty, Pastelwitch, Richard Adams, Robert Conley, Ryan Scott, and So Incredibly Tired. Thanks for listening.